Thank you for tuning in to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please subscribe to our weekly Boston Bruins Hockey Talk on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate it if you give us show a five-star rating along with a written review. You can also subscribe to our official YouTube channel for a video version of our weekly program. If you'd like to support our show financially, please go to our blackandgoldhockey.com website and click on our affiliated fanatics banner before shopping online. Another way to financially support our weekly program is to become a Patreon member to be eligible for weekly Boston hockey prizes and monthly Boston Bruins hand-signed jersey giveaways. Please go to patreon.com slash podcast and donate just $1 per episode. Many thanks for the continued support and enjoy the show. What's up, Bruins fans? Welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. This is episode 271, brought to you by betonline.ag. Um, back, back, back. We're doing a trade deadline special. Got a bunch of topics we're going to talk about. Really excited to have Kevin O'Keefe back. What's up, Kevin? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, man? Not much. Not much. And as always, becoming a fixture around here, and I love it. I'm not going to say I don't like it, but it's Dom Tiano. Dom, how are we doing? How's it going, boys, with a Z? Z, the Z, the Z. Dom, you're looking good, dude. Dom, did you comb your hair for today or something? You look yeah, great. Yeah, I did. I did. I it's, did. A, it's a special. I got, I got some people here to catch the Bruins game tonight, and uh, I've got speakers set up everywhere so I can walk and listen, and they're listening to us now, so they're getting an advanced uh, – preview of the podcast love ah, it. i like love it. it if you can get some additional downloads out of this i'd truly appreciate that yeah <laughs> all right um before we get to the bruins hockey talk uh because we do have a it, it is a trade deadline special it's coming up on monday and i have a i have a timer going right now we have four days 21 hours and eight minutes to go before the trade deadline so we're going to have some some uh, trade talk later on in the program but uh, before we do the Bruins hockey talk and the trade talk and everything that Boston Bruins, we do have to talk about show sponsor betonline.ag. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage as the tournament is finally upon us. Looking to place a wager this year? 
BetOnline.ag is the number one spot for all your updated odds and information, along with great contests, including the Bracket Challenge, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50 to get started. That's CLNS50. BetOnline.ag is your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your popular sports and games. BetOnline.ag, it's where the game starts. All right, we are back talking Boston Bruins. And uh, we just heard from myself talk about show sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Please use that code. It really helps us out. Um, let's get at it. Uh, let's talk about the three games last week. The uh, On Thursday, March 10th at TD Garden versus Chicago, the uh, Boston Bruins beat the Blackhawks uh, 4-3. Uh, the first period, Charlie Coyle scored his 13th goal at the 4-12 mark, giving Boston a one nothing lead. The lone assist goes to defenseman Connor Clifton. The second period, Jack Ashan scores his first career NHL, NHL goal at the 11:57 mark. That was a power play goal and tied the game at two. The assists go to Marchand and Pasternak. Uh, remaining in the second period, the David Pasternak scores his 32nd at 15-23. Another power play goal. Boston leads 3-2. The assists go to Charlie McAvoy and Patrice Bergeron. And the third period and final goal of this game went to David Pasternak. He scored his 33rd at 19-42 and giving the Boston Bruins a 4-3 win. Um, the assists go to Bergeron and Hall on the Pasternak 33rd. Bruins goaltender Jeremy Swayman got his start and uh, and the win, stopping 22 of 25 shots for his 16th victory of the year. Thoughts on this game quickly? Oh, that was a good one. Um, it was a little bit up and down for the Bruins, um, but change of events. They went out and um, scored in the final minute, opposed to being scored on. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun to see. And uh, Jack Ashan, I mean, he's starting to look more and more like – Tory Krug, you know, on that power play. It's just really incredible to watch. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. There were times in that game you thought they were going to find a way to lose it, but they found a way to win it. I just want to say everybody talks about the the Ashan goal, but really that self-pass he made to himself when he, like, just shoved it ahead with with his stick and picked it up and wired it home. Um, really tells you about his high hockey IQ and his vision, just to be able to see that. I mean, he actually saw the play develop in his head before he made it. So, you know, uh, a lot to like about him. I just wonder going forward, uh, you know, a year or two down the road, is there going to be room for both Matt Grizzlick and, and Jack Ashawn on this team? And, I don't think there is. So they're, they're going to have to make an interesting decision. Yeah. There's only, and you know, not making fun of size or anything like that, but there's only so many you can have on the team when, right. you know, I mean, it's either him or Grizzlick or, you know, and, and what's coming up, you know, in the system. Um, but yeah, I think we just need to get a little bigger on that end, but it's, it's, it's good 
for a kid like that because he's been working really hard in the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins under Ryan Mouchanel. And, um, you know, he, he's just a tank, to be honest with you, a bulldog, if you want to say that. But good on him for getting his first goal. And and, and uh, I shouted out um, his father, Tim, um, who was drinking bush beer back in yeah. uh, Michigan or wherever he's from in the mid Midwest. Um, but, you know, good good family moment for those guys. And um, and hopefully it continues because he has really worked hard. So, um, agreed. Yeah. So let's jump to Saturday, March 12th at TD Garden versus the Arizona Coyotes. The Boston Bruins got a three to two win. It was the first period was just the Craig Smith show when it comes to the scoring. Uh, Smith scores his 12th at 2.33. Bees get a one nothing lead. Assists go to Nochick and Nick Felino. And then again, uh, Craig Smith scores his 13th of the, of the year at the 10.49 mark. Bees go up 2 to nothing. Assists go to Frederick and Coyle. Uh, and then skip to the third period. Charlie Coyle scores his 14th at 16.39, giving the Bees a 3-2 to lead. Assists go to Frederick and McAvoy. Bruins goaltender Jeremy Swayman was in goal again, stopping 27 of 29 shots for his 17th victory of the season. So what do you think about this game? Ooh, I mean, um, uh, Coyotes were coming in hot. You know, this is a team that was on a winning streak. They were playing some of the best hockey that we've seen them play, not even just this year, but last year too. Um, so they came in pretty pumped up, and the Bruins were able to shut the door on them. And they were they were able to win, and you got to respect that. Um, and Craig Smith, floodgates, 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 floodgates. They yeah. have continued to pour. I mean, God, this guy is just lighting it up on this third line, and you love to see it. And it couldn't have come at a better time because Marshan is goalless in what seven, something like that. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, Bergeron, Bergeron is. I, I mean, but. You you need Craig Smith to do what Craig Smith is doing because both Marshan and DeBrusque have gone cold the last few games. So, you know, and you can't say enough about Charlie Coyle. Like, I mean, he's working his ass off uh, for the Bruins, and he, I think he understands they need him to be this type of player, mm-hmm. and he's getting it. So, and even Frederick, the whole line, they just they just understand. The, the Bruins need this from them if they're going to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. And and one thing I want to touch on is what like what you said, Dom, was um, how Coyle is picking up, how Smith is picking up too. And and you also mentioned that uh, Brad Marchand is on kind of a scoring slump uh, since coming back from the uh, suspension. But you know, once that line starts clicking on the front on the, on the production line up up front then everything's just going to come into fold. I mean, we're really going to get an offensive explosion because, I mean, Brad Marsham, when he's on, he's on. He's he's lethal. He's one of the best left-wingers in the league. So, um, And, and you, you're right when, about the timing. We're coming down to, like, the stretch where the playoffs are, are, are coming quickly. And this is a time when confidence is, is at a must right now. And we're seeing yeah. the secondary scoring. Mm, absolutely. All right, so the uh, the final game of this uh, week, because we go Wednesday to Wednesday, um, was on March 15th, uh, yesterday, actually, last night. 
at the United Center in Chicago. The first two periods were absolutely no scoring at all. Lots of back and forth action. To see, to two teams just seemingly trying to figure out where they can get a hole and expose it. Um, but the third period, the Boston Bruins come out with a Patrice Bergeron 17th goal of the season at the fourth 43 mark, giving the Boston Bruins a one and nothing lead. The assists go to Marchant and Hall. And uh, that was it at the end of the, um, the regulation. Uh, it was tied one to one and we go into overtime and, uh, three versus three. And uh, defenseman Matt Grizzlick scores his third at the 140 mark, giving the Boston Bruins a two to one lead. The assists go to Hall and Pasternak. Bruins goaltender Elenius Allmark, who's been a little bit unlucky lately, losing four or five, uh, got the start and the victory for his 18th of the season, stopping 19 of 20 shots. So good on him. Good to have him up in good confidence. And he played really well, uh, even, you know, even though it was kind of a, a real dull game. It wasn't in goal between both of these teams. Uh, Linus Allmark and uh, Marc-Andre Fleury definitely put on a show. So thoughts on this, Kevin? Yeah. Um, the Bruins were absolutely dominant in this game, and you wouldn't know it by looking at the score. And that is because Marc-Andre Fleury put on an absolute clinic. I mean, he was unbelievable. And um, I put out a tweet last night about how Allmark was quietly having himself a fantastic game as well. It's really hard to stay sharp in net when you're not seeing much rubber. And he really came up big with some really great saves. And the goal that happened, I mean, that just came down to allowing a player to sit right in front of him and redirect it right in front of him. There's really not much he can do there. So, I mean, if, if, if they're taking care of in front of the net a bit better there, Allmark's got a shutout. And it would have been well-deserved. I mean, he made the key stops. And the team itself was just – they played great defensively. Outstanding game. Um, their layers defensively in the neutral zone and in the defensive zone were great. It's just like if they'd break through one layer, the next one was there to stop them. And they kept them to the perimeter. It was really great to see. And then um, offensively, that goal for Bergeron, wow. I mean, that's a gritty goal. You know, and it took three players to make it happen. Taylor Hall, Brad Marchand, and Patrice Bergeron all crashing the net there and creating a storm and leaving enough time for, you know, Bergeron to be able to pot that. So that's great to see as well. But that second line, um, particularly Taylor Hall, was fantastic all night. Um, I loved that game, even though it was um, such a low-scoring game when it feels like it should have been like a 6 nothing game. It was, it was great. Yeah, he took a lot of what I was going to say. He took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Sorry, Don. Like I was going to start out with if, if, like he said, if you didn't watch this game and you were only looking at the at the scoreboard, you would think that the team played down to the Blackhawks level. And we've talked about that over the past couple of shows. Yep. But Chicago had. 10 shots or 11 shots through through two periods. To that point, the Bruins had played the perfect playoff game. Everything to the perimeter, as Kevin said, they were sticks in lanes, legs in lanes, bodies in lanes. They were taking everything away and keeping them away from the middle. The forwards were back doing their job. And as he said, they scored the gritty goal. Those are key for playoffs. 
Now, what I want to work on or see them work on is the PK. And we'll probably get to that when we get to a left shot defenseman talk later on. Um, and, and the PP, the power play, has gone stagnant over the last, I don't know, half dozen games. Mm-hmm. Uh, even before that, with uh, Marchand's suspension. And it's funny that, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was playoffs like, are about those gritty goals, locking it down and not giving the opposition the opportunities, much like they did to Chicago last night. That power play to me has become too predictable. Their, their play to enter the zone, I mean, if I don't understand why 31 teams haven't figured this out. Wingers on the boards at the blue line, pass it over and and try and beat the defenseman in while the winger feeds it back to you. Well, everybody's standing up on them. That's why sometimes they have such a difficult time gaining the zone. It's too predictable. Get those wingers moving at times, throw in a mix. Get them moving back off the defenses and gain the zone with, with possession. I'd like to see that, but it, it's almost every power play. You see it two or th- three times trying to enter the zone, and it's too predictable. It's funny that going into last night's game, they were still, even with all that said, they were still fourth in the league on power play. Yeah. Right, but, but don't you think, with the, like, like, I mean, you mentioned Taylor Hall. For me, Taylor Hall is playing like Taylor Hall back in his MVP season. Right now, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and they need that. Uh, they need Pasternak to keep scoring. You know, but they've, they've got to do better with their PK and they've got to do better with their PP. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board with your zone entries um, um, talk. It's, it's, it is it is frustrating when you're, you're doing the same thing. And, and you're right. Teams are watching video on this. They're like, this is how you this is how you shut them down at the blue line, you know? Yeah. And they're going to figure it out for playoffs. So, yeah, you know. that's, that's when you need that creativity. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, to, to wear a team down is just to make different moves, come up the middle a little bit more often and not just so, you know, the boards and work your way into the goal. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, and whenever I see Pasternak in that high slot, on the blue line, I get scared. Yeah, me too. Time. Me too. Like, why is he? Why is he there? Why is he back there. Keep yeah. him on the left board. Keep him on the yeah. left board and let him do what he's going to do from there. And that snipe one. If you need to rotate it a little bit, rotate it to the left. Do not rotate it to the right where Pasenak is sitting there anymore. Please do not. <laughs> and actually, if I'm not mistaken, you, we're probably talking about the same play, but he was doing the same thing that you were talking about, Kevin, and actually made a turnover. Because he had no place to go with the puck, and, and then, yeah, and that's when Chicago just really came up on him, and it like forced the puck in the turnover and went the other way. Yep. So, some things to work on. Um, moving on to the next topic uh, is is a constant improvement when it comes down to the Boston Bruins depth, and um, they signed some pretty decent players uh, this week. Uh, the Bruins uh, signed. Two NCA players uh, in defenseman Michael Callahan from Providence and forward Mark McLaughlin from Boston College. Um, Mark McLaughlin, a, a big rangy center, well, a six foot center and so on. That's still good size, 210 pounds. Um, 
uh, he's going to be down at Providence, and um, his two his two year entry level contract begins now. And um, I actually have a question for you about that, Dom. And uh, Michael Callahan is uh, going to be on an ATO with the Providence Bruins, and his uh, two year entry level goes into effect next season. The question I have for Mr. Dom here is um, is the um, if if Mark McLaughlin goes down to Providence and his entry level is effective now, is that a burnable year? Is or is it only a burnable year when you play in the NHL? How old is he? Oh, I think twenty-two. Yeah. Okay, I don't have the CBA in front of me, but I believe he has to play one game in the NHL for it to burn the year. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm pretty sure. That's and, kind of what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Um, don't quote me on that. I'll check later um, and, and see. You know, I'll put it out there. But uh, I'm pretty sure he has to play one game. Okay. Now but I don't think that was key to signing him because, uh, you know, he's been a Bruins fan all his life. Right. Right. And yeah. I think he even said something in. Uh, in an interview today where he said it's the only team he wanted to play for. Yeah. Definitely being a local kid and supporting the Boston Bruins team, yeah. um, you know, pays, you know, heavy ties when it comes down to your, your loyalty. And so on. That's the selfie dream. That's right. But, but um, what are your thoughts on this, on these two players, Kevin? Um, you know, we've seen them play. I've seen them play for Providence. Callahan was a captain, you know, throughout uh, the last two years, I believe. And also uh, McLaughlin was captain for the last two years of his, of his uh, NCAA career. There's a lot of leadership on, in these two players. And I think that that's good character stuff that uh, Don Sweeney and, and development staff really like and so on. So, um, um, you know, Good pieces. They're not going to be, you know, blow blow anybody away right now. NHL ready, blah blah blah. But they're good pieces to work on in the next year or two. So, what are your thoughts, Kevin? Yeah, I don't know much about Callahan as I really didn't get to see him play. But I did listen to what Dom has had to say about him, and it sounds like you know he's got a ceiling of being maybe a third pairing guy in the NHL at some point and um he plays more of a, a defensive style i believe that's what you were talking about Don. Yeah. more of a defensive style type of game which but um, he transitions really well though he, right he, he can transition yeah um but mclaughlin that's a different story i've been watching him play at bc and i enjoy his game a lot he's um he's he's got some good uh two-way prowess to his game um, he's able to really jump up on a play and, you know, like we were talking about earlier, Mark, he can dish the puck just as well as he can finish a play. Um, he's, he's got a little bit of speed there. Um, not the fastest, but he does have a little bit. I, I really, I really enjoyed watching him play. Um, in one game in particular was one of the most recent games against Providence where, um, you know, he had two goals in that game. Uh, one of them being the OT game winner. And he just was in the right place, you know, um, to bury a um, a uh, sh- like a off angle shot to end the game in OT, and you love to see it. I mean, I I think you know the captain the captaincy is a great thing. He's got leadership in him. Um, been a Bruins fan his whole life. I love this signing. I'm hoping that we can see him in the bottom six for this team within the next uh, maybe two years. 
There you go. Yeah, I, I, I really like him as a player, too. And to add to what Kevin said, I like his willingness to go to the net. I mean, we saw the gritty goal last night and what, what that means. If he can't go around you, he'll try and go through you. So he's not afraid to body contact in, in getting to where he wants to be. Um, his work ethic is, is off the charts. And as Kevin alluded to, the leadership, the Bruins are really, really high on leadership. I will say this, and I talked about it a bit last week. You can watch the people like Corey Pronman or Scott Wheeler or whatever do their prospect rankings and flip out that they rank the Bruins 27th or 26th or 31st, <coughs> excuse me, or where, wherever they have them ranked. But I mentioned this last week. When you've got Brett Harrison, you've got Jack Stadnika, you've got John Beecher, and you now add McLaughlin in there. And I'm real curious to see if the Bruins prepare him to play wing, but that's a story for another day. If you remember last week, I said, you know, they've got their two, three, four centermen locked down. What they're missing is a number one. What McLaughlin does is put pressure on those three guys. I actually may think of the four of them that I mentioned, McLaughlin may be the best two-way out of the four of them. Interesting. Okay. Now, McLaughlin and Harrison haven't played pro yet. Well, neither has Beecher, so <clears throat> it, it's hard to say, but... You know, they always talk about internal competition, and this does that. So, you know, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, I, I always uh, rave about the depth and the way that the Boston Bruins, they scout these players, you know, even though they're local. And, and Bruins fans from Canada and from other countries and so on, they always give the hard time that – you know, why can't Sweeney find any talent outside of 128, Route 128, which is a highway here in Boston, Dom? Um, but it's, 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 I don't think it's all about where you come from. If you're talented enough and you fit a mold that can be uh, inserted into this lineup in the next couple of years, I think that if that's plays heavy dividends on, on how they build this team, it's not from where you're from and so on. And, and so many people say, well, they, they're not they're not drafting enough Canadians. Well, they did last season, but I do understand that they didn't draft the previous, I think, three or four. Yeah, but um, there's there's reasons behind it. Let me give you a stat, Mark. This was a, a, something TSN um, did for the 2021 season, Okay. Based on the lineups in the NHL in the 2021 season, the majority of players were drafted in the first round. Second was second round drafted players. Third was, get this, now we're talking round three through seven of the NHL draft. The third highest number of players playing in the NHL for the 2021 season were undrafted free agent signings. And I will tell you, 
since March 5th, 2012, when they signed Tory Krug, no other team has been as successful as the Bruins in terms of free agent undrafted signees in the NHL in terms of number of games played in the NHL. Nobody. They outdo the second place team two to one by a two to one margin. That's crazy. So that's absolutely crazy. All, that's the Don, all the Don Sweeney bashers out there, there's the numbers for you. They absolutely. Don't they don't care. No. Don Don Sweeney is the guy that runs the show the show. We should give credit to to the guys that are out there that are actually doing the watching. Okay. When when I say Sweeney, it means the group because he's in charge of the group. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that stat. I never even knew that. That's 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 yeah. crazy. Um, we might as well just stay stay on top of the uh, the prospect talk for right now because uh, Dom, you had a, a great opportunity to go um, to the uh, outdoor showcase in Hamilton, Ontario, um, at the uh, is it Tim Hortons Field? Yeah, in Hamilton, yeah. And um, you got to see Brett Harrison play, and and I know it wasn't just the greatest game, and and pretty much the Oshawa goaltender really kept that that Oshawa team in it. I watched that game, and it was it was a very good game. The atmosphere was amazing, but um, I watched it on a live stream on CHL TV. But I really wanted to get your uh, thought not only on how Harrison played, but the atmosphere from being there uh, yourself. Oh, it was uh, it was an awesome awesome atmosphere i bet you there was in excess of over a hundred nhl executives there now hamilton is if not the best the second best team in the country so it to me for oshawa it was a scheduled loss now mind you oshawa had lost like seven games in a row one of their past, they were just terrible. They fired their coach. The, the team just wasn't playing for them. But there's a noticeable difference. And you watch a lot of Harrison online, Mark. You tell me if the last two games you haven't seen seen a difference in his play. Because I certainly have. Oh, yeah. You've seen it You've seen it throughout. I mean, Troy, Troy <laughs> Julio, I was like, I, I've seen him play. He's always been really good. Um, as the team captain and so on, but even his game stepped it up that much further. So it it yeah. it, it, it comes from the leadership all the way down to like the, the the guy that's you know on the fourth line. But you could I I don't see Oshawa making a big big you know playoff push or anything like that. But you see steps moving forward to good success next season. Yeah. Now I think a lot of. A lot of the NHL people, and I've mentioned this name to you before, um, is, is uh, well, I don't think I've mentioned him to you before. I texted you that night, and I said, Mark, keep an eye on Gavin White. Yes. With with Hamilton. He's a draft re-entry. I think he's first or, no, he's second in scoring among draft eligible defensemen. Obviously, he didn't play last year, so there there wasn't a book on him. So, um, you know, there there was a few players to watch um, uh, that I, I think they really, really wanted to have a good look at. I don't know that the outdoor game is really the best thing to be judging a player on because 
you know, the the emotions of the crowd, the emotions of the players, they're they're in awe. Most of these guys are experiencing this for the first time. So I don't know really what kind of experience you get. You're what you're getting out of watching a player in that particular setting. So I don't know, but there were a lot of them there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to touch on that, you remember a couple of years ago, they, they had the, uh, the um, uh, world junior championship outdoor game yep. as the final. That was a rough one because even some of the like pro scouts out there said the same thing. It's like, this is a real, real tough environment to, to gauge and evaluate because you yeah. know, so many mixed emotions from what you're just saying, the atmosphere and everything. It's not just traditional 200, you know, uh, by 85 rank and in, in, uh, in a smaller barn with that seating, like, you know, five to 7,000, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's huge. So yeah, I definitely understand. But, yeah. Since you, since you mentioned the world and Kevin's going to kill me because I'm taking this 45 second plot here. <laughs> But since you mentioned the World Juniors and you mentioned prospects, uh, we know that the World Junior Championships are going to start over in August, right? Right after the Holinka Gretzky. So since you mentioned that, you mentioned prospects, I'm going to tell you now that Oscar Yelbeck will have a chance to make the Swedish squad. Oh, nice. And he's still 18 years old, I believe. So he's got two years of eligibility. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Sorry for taking your spot, Kevin. No, that's okay. But, I mean, I have some breaking news for you. Um, Patrice Bergeron is out the next two games with an infection in his arm. Oh. Oh. Okay, so that now explains why the the Jack Sidnika recall. Yeah. And I, I, I actually thought that that was possibly going to be a showcase with the, with it being close, so close to the trade deadline on Monday. So that's unfortunate news for Patrice Bergeron. Thank you, Kevin, for breaking that news on the BNG Hockey Podcast. Um, um, real quick on this one, it, it this is it doesn't have to take a long, but I kind of wanted to say something because I had an appreciation for this player um, uh, being able as a media member at the Warrior Ice Arena under the Boston Bruins umbrella for the um, for several uh, development camps and um, former NCAA University of Michigan forward and Boston Bruins prospect Jack Becker signs uh, with the East Coast Hockey League or ECHL. Idaho Steelheads uh, seemingly ending his ties with the Bruins organization. Uh, Mark Diver tweeted out earlier this week that there was probably no sign that they were going to, they were going to work out a deal for him at all. And kind of, it was kind of weird that he, he left Michigan, which I thought he played decent. His, his, the last couple of seasons, um, particularly working with um, uh, uh, Bruins prospect, uh, John Beecher, um, but I liked I liked Becker's game at uh, as a Wolverine, and I thought that you know he would be that that kind of like depth piece um, forward that Providence could use. But obviously uh, things that didn't work out, and it was kind of weird when he left uh, four years at Michigan. He went on to do an extra year at Arizona State, and that's where he left and signed in the uh, ECHL. So, um, do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, Jack Becker at all? Um, uh, Kevin or Dom? Yeah, I didn't think they were going to sign him any anyhow. It's just 
I just kept track of him for people because he was technically still a Bruins prospect or still is actually until August 15th. So, um, oh, okay. But uh, I think the fifth year was because of COVID. Now, if I understand the NCAA rules correctly, uh, because he was in his fifth year, he had to transfer. Okay. And there's something about when, if you transfer, you have to take, you can't play for a year or something. It's really, really long and complicated. Uh, but, but that's why the transfer is he, he had to. So um, just, I mean, if you look at, at the depths of the Bruins, uh, both at the NHL and AHL level, um, I can't see where he's going to get a shot. Maybe this way he gets a shot to have a professional career someplace, whether it's uh, the AHL level of Europe or whatever. But I, I just can't see where he's going to get a shot in Boston. And 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 not to interrupt Kevin at all, but um, much like the path that Cedric Parry took when when him and uh, the Boston Bruins couldn't come to an agreement on uh, an entry level deal coming out of the queue. And, and and he signed with the Idaho Steelheads. How fitting is that? And um and worked his way up to go to get invited to camps and so on. So, um, but regardless, you know, best of luck to Jack, to Jack. And you know, I mean, he did what he had to do to you know get a successful uh, college career, yeah, career. And and hopefully, you know, he ends up with an NHL team sooner or later, regardless if it's in Boston or not, because he, like you said, he has um. He's got um, ties to Boston until the 15th. So yeah. we'll see what happens from there. Yep. I think you guys said it all there. Um, but uh, a little bit more to add on to what I said with um, Bergeron, the infection. Um, Stanika will not in- arrive in time for tonight's game. So bleed is in. Um, and Nosek is moving up to the top line with Ooh. Brad Marchand and uh, Jake DeBrusque. So what do you do if uh, Nosek uh, sparks a Marshan? Uh, well, we, we trade moved, Bergeron. We, trade him. We move Bergeron to the fourth line. <laughs> that was a joke. Bad joke. Uh, no. By the way, bad joke. No, I loved it. I followed it up with my own joke, <laughs> and Dom and, and Dom followed up with his own joke too. Yeah. It's great. Oh, awesome. All right, we are at the uh, midpoint of our show, so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Boston sports and music memorabilia owner, Bruce Sullivan. He's got some fantastic stuff to spicing up that fan cave. Um, hand-signed jerseys, pucks, and, and pictures. He's he's doing a tremendous job, and, and he's my go-to to buy for all of our BNG uh, Patreon giveaways. So let's hear from Bruce, and we'll hear you on the other side. <laughs> Hello Bruins fans, this is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our Black and Gold Memorabilia Moment of the Week. We are proud to announce our Bruins Puck Sale. Score with a Bobby Orr Puck for $125. Phil Esposito 1970 Commemorative Puck for $59. Achievers Commemorative Puck for $39. Sean Thornton, Johnny Busick, Andy Moog, or Rick Middleton for $34. Bobby Carpenter and Steve Casper for $24. On February 21st, we hosted Big Bad Bruin and Shoe Fight veteran Mike Milbury. Grab your Milbury jersey with Big Bad Bruin's inscription for just $79. An autographed shoe for $39 or a photo for just $29. Our Don Marcotte 
$49 jersey sale continues. Grab one autographed inscribed jersey for $59 or two or more for just $49. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! What's up, East fans? We are back. Trade deadline special. Getting closer to talking about trades, but we do have a couple other things to talk about. Um, Nick Foligno played his 1,000th career NHL game Tuesday night against the Blackhawks. Thoughts on Foligno and his career thus far? Let's go, Kevin. Love me some Foligno, regardless of what his cap hit is, where he's playing in the lineup, and what his production has been. I love this player. Um, I think he's been a great player throughout his career. Um, He's now, uh, I believe, the second father-son duo to reach 1,000 games in um, the NHL. That's a fantastic thing for that family, and um, big kudos to you guys. And um, I'm really excited to see – how well Felino has really gelled on that fourth line. Um, I, I was looking at some stats earlier, and I guess the Felino line has completely outshot two to one um, opposing opposition. Went out there and have outscored opposing opposition three to one. So that that duo of uh, Nosek and um, and Felino. So it's a really good fit there. And while getting a lot of defensive zone starts, that too. Yep. Yeah. I, I just want to say this. I really, really hope that Marcus Polino can get there in three and a half, four years, whatever it is. So we'll have the first and only father, son, son to get to a thousand NHL games. Was the yeah. uh, was the first one Bobby Hall and Brett? No, first one. Yeah, no, first was uh, yeah, it was Hall and Brett. Um, Gordy Howe and Mark Howe were almost there. Howe fell, I don't know, about a, Mark Howe fell about 100 games short. You know, but he spent time in the WHA too. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the NHL won't recognize those, those stats. Exactly. And I think they should because technically it was a merger. Mm-hmm. So that's an argument for another day. Yeah, it's pro hockey. Um yeah, I, for, for me, I'm, you know, I'm starting to realize that Nick Foligno was brought here not for regular season play. I think that yeah. him starting to pick up his game, um, you know, w- w- with some helpers here and there, and his physicality is starting to ramp up a little bit. But I think we're going to get a real serious playoff Nick Foligno. And I think that yeah. The gritty, grindy style of the postseason is gonna is what we're gonna see out of him, and I think it's gonna be beneficial to this team in the success of either a round or two or a long run, regardless of if, if any deals are made this year to you know facilitate um, you know further you know Stanley Cup success this season. Um, but it, it's a good good thing to have. Um, you know, you got to have that grit factor. I'm starting to believe that more and more as I get older and so on, and people embed it in the head. <laughs> that, um, you know, St. Louis did it and Tampa Bay did it. So why can't the Bruins do it? And I think that they 
they got a sneaky, sneakingly good signing here that could possibly be, um, you know, a high reward when it comes to the uh, the extra session of the uh, the hockey season. So, and did you see that video um, that's circulating on Twitter right now of um, him getting the puck last night? Um, you know, Coyle gave him the puck for the game last night and just his reaction and the way that he uh, celebrated with the team and then afterwards said, I'm sharing this with Grizzlick, um, who got the game winner there in OT, and then finish it off by raising up his arms and saying, I, we got a good group here and we're, we're, we're winning a Stanley Cup. Ooh. You know, Ooh. it was just fantastic to watch that. That is why he was brought in here. Yep, exactly. I mean, we we said it on multiple podcasts now already that, you know, he wasn't brought here for 82 games. He was brought here for the minimum 16 to come afterwards. Yep. Nice. Absolutely. Imagine uh, that, though, winning a cup in 16 games. <laughs> congratulations to Nick Foligno on the thousandth game. That's a tremendous um, accomplishment, and um, hopefully that – you know, that grittiness and, and his style of game, um, you know, really helps us out. Um, moving on to the next one, it is Elliot Friedman on NHL Network said he doesn't believe, and this is an opinion, this is in fact, that he doesn't believe the Bruins will trade Jake DeBrusque to the deadline. Uh, thoughts and opinions on this? Because um, I know that this is a, a heavy topic. I'll take it first, Bubbles. <laughs> oh, it's on. It is on. It is on, Dom. You know, it, it's funny because Dick. The the first <laughs> no Dom, not Dick. <laughs> the Dick. You know the first mention of Jake DeBrus being their own rental was made by me a month ago, not Elliot Friedman, because you look at players that have publicly asked for a trade, Tarasenko in St. Louis, um, DeBrusque in Boston. There's a, a player that is linked to the Bruins who shall remain nameless because uh, it's not to be out there uh, that has asked for a trade. And that's why the, the, the team is shopping them. Um, you know, there's numerous amount of players that ask for a trade every year. We just don't hear about them all. Those that do go public are trying to force a trade. They don't always happen. They don't. It's been four months since he's asked for a trade. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, hey, Kevin. Yeah, I don't know. I um, I still think he gets moved. I I do believe he does. Um, just from things that I've heard, I think he does. Um, and I, I think the only way he doesn't is if they're not able to find the right return, um, or you know the right package to get him in. But I think with what Sweeney is involved in right now. Um, as far as with other GMs and, you know, players who could possibly come back, I think DeBrusque is someone you can totally see going the other way in one of those types of deals. So we'll right. see. Right. Now, I mean, we can thank goodness take Hurdle off of it because I'm sick and tired of talking about Thomas Hurdle. Um, 
that's all everybody on the internet seems to want to talk about. I've been a firm believer that he was going to re-sign with San Jose. The big sticking point there was Doug Wilson's health and being away from the team and not being able to negotiate. Um, you know, but we're not clickbait here. We don't put things out just for clicks. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, Hurdle's re-signing with San Jose. Well, well, no, no, but they want to keep talking about it, and I just refuse to talk about it. So thank God we can move away from that. Let's get down to the real players, which is a fellow like Jacob Chikrin. We'll be doing this later, Dom. Okay, let's let's move on. I, and we'll do I got a later. fun little game for us to play later where you can do all your fun on on that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um. Uh, on Jake DeBrus thing for me is, 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 is there was a time that he was really excelling himself and, and really showing the market that he had value kind of, uh, planed out a little bit in recent games. Um, but you know, it, you're, you're, you're a worker on a team, you're under contract, you're obligated to stay there until however long you want, regardless of trade request. Yes. It's better to move somebody that's not happy because it, you know, it does create some kind of turmoil, uh, whether it be in your game, in the locker room or whatever. But we've seen from many behind the bees this year that that's not an issue. You know, it's it, it's it's fake, fake versus the organization. It's not Jake versus players and anybody on his team. Um, I think that he's still having fun, still, you know, learning the game and so on. So. There's no rush to move them. I mean, if if it keep them, they can possibly move them at the draft. You know, get something for him before he walks away. Um, I mean, I'm not sure about the whole office sheet thing. That's not. I'm not too privy on that thing. But um, you know, it's just uh, there's a lot of people that just just want to get rid of them because they just don't like them. And, and I just I don't find that to be a valid point. That you know, just because he. Is not pointing up like, a ton of points for a first round draft pick in 2015. That that you know, it, you know that's a catalyst to for the uh, the hate parade. So one, my response to that, Mark, is who do you have that's better suited to play number one right wing right now? No one in this system, right? So, so many, there's, there's a few people that say bring up Oscar Steen. He's a natural right shot. He'll fit right in there. I don't know about that. I think he's no, a, I think he's a little too green. Yeah. So you you move those that want to move DeBrusque for a draft pick just to get rid of him. Who are you going to put there? Who are you going to put there that's going to help your team? No, there has Sweeney, to be another deal in yeah, place. Sweeney has to has to be mindful here <laughs> of that situation and. He had, like Kevin said, he has to have a deal in place to fill that hole. And right. there's really not much out there as far as no. who could fill that hole. But there is Ricard a card Raquel, right? He'll he'll be the cheapest. Yep, and the one that makes the most sense. Um, do do we want to talk about the Matt Grizzly? Or we do already touch on that. We touched on that earlier, so we might as well just okay. We'll pass through, through that. Um. And do we want to talk about the Jacob Chikrin, or is that going to be in your thing? Um, well, this is be- well. The reason why I put it in here like this was because, you know, it, it was a report. 
you know, um, like an action dragger. Yeah. And like an actual report of something that's actually like happening opposed to, um, you know, kind of like, um, you know, just people spitballing and putting their thoughts out there. This is report. I mean, Dom, what, I mean, before we start talking about this, do you want to tell me what you think about this? If you think there's any truth to it, what Darren Dreger has said, about, I didn't catch um, what he said. Huh? I didn't catch what he said. What did he say? He said that the, um, so with Ch- with Chikrin right now, he's trying. They're trying to move him um, before the deadline, and the two teams that are in on him right now, it's down to L.A. and uh, Boston with with offers on the table. Yeah, I just, I want to choose what I say here. Okay, the thing I hear the most is there's got to be something wrong because Arizona is willing to move. Uh, 24, 23, 24-year-old defenseman on a great contract, blah, 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 blah. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the player. Doesn't mean he wants out. Possible. Arizona is in a situation where they are rebuilding. I think, and it's a massive rebuild. They've only got six players under contract for next year. They don't want players that have a low cap hit with a high salary they want the opposite they want a high cap hit with a low salary which is why they made the deals with the canucks in the offseason mm-hmm. to get up to the cap floor they need that next year by the time chikrin's contract is over he's earning seven million dollars in actual cash on a four and a half million dollar cap hit right which means his next deal is going to be $7 million plus. Guess what? Which, which makes sense. Austin Matthews comes up at the same time, and you know they're going to be pushing for Austin Matthews. Absolutely. You know damn well they're going to be pushing for Austin Matthews. Yeah. And you know, I, I get the feeling that Austin Matthews, the way things are going in Toronto – I mean, you saw him take a two-game suspension. He's frustrated for a lot of reasons. Right. And Matthews isn't a part of the problem. He actually shows up in the playoffs, unlike people like Marner. Um, Right. So how much is he going to want to stick around in Toronto, and is he willing to go home and play for his hometown? I think so. Interesting. That'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting. You know, but people want to go with, oh, there's got to be something wrong with him. No, Armstrong's not a stupid GM. He's thinking, and I say this many a times, you can't just think about today. You have to think about next year, the year after, and the year after that. How are you setting yourself up cap-wise? Right. It's chess, not checkers. Right. And 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 that's what he's doing with the Chikrin situation. He can grab another first-round pick out of this. Maybe two. Who knows? He's already got three. Now, don't exclude Buffalo. Buffalo's got three first-round picks this year, too. They might be into to putting something together for Chikrin. Just imagine a blue line of Chikrin, Power, and Darlene. Mm, especially with wow. Darlene finally rounding out. Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't exclude Buffalo either. That's interesting. And, and, you know, um, a sneakily good player, I mean, not a player, but, um, uh, you know, manage, managerial person 
is um you know when you talk about uh doug armstrong you can't can't let um you know john ferguson jr who was the uh assistant gm to don sweeney right. and he you know uh, was the gm for the providence bruins for the longest time he went to arizona so that it, it kind of puts the bread trail together that these two um you know uh managers are ready for a rebuild and they're ready to do what they can. And I think that those two people are fantastic to get it done, um, regardless of what you think about the team and how they're doing this year and, and tanking or blah, blah, blah. But also another big point that you, and you already touched on it, Dom, about the money and meeting the cap floor. Yep. If you take Chikorin out of that, what are you going to do? I mean, how many more contracts are out there in the NHL that, uh, are, are still stale. I mean, is is Pavel Datsuk still around? Is is his no, contract still but, around? Need a floor? But they'll they'll want somebody like, uh, let's say Shea, Shea Weber, who comes with a one million dollar actual salary and a six point six million dollar cap hit. That's what Arizona wants. Yep. That's what they wanted when they traded uh, Ekman Larson to Vancouver. They wanted those bums like. Louis Erickson, he had a high cap hit and low actual dollars. And if you look at the contracts that they brought in, that's what they were. This nonsense about there has to be a reason why they're trading them. There's your reason. That's exactly what the reason is. Don't but- let Petrov McGuire let, <laughs> let you know hear you calling Louis Erickson a bum. Okay. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> A lot of this stuff doesn't get talked about in the media because it's not clickbait, Mark. Right. And we know a lot of it is is for clickbait. Yeah. Totally understand. All right. Let's move on to the next thing. And this is Kevin's thing. He brought it on today. A little 11th hour thing. I love it. Not, 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 uh, not hating this at all. But this is fact or fiction. So, Kevin, this is all you. Yeah. So, we got a little game here. Um, unlike the short shift, we're not going to have any bells and whistles and songs. Shout out you guys with that awesome songs you guys get going for your games. But uh, we got some fun we're going to do here. It's fact or fiction on um, the players that the Bruins have been linked to and whether or not there is any fact or fiction um, to these rumors on if they could possibly be in on them. So um, I have a list of players that have been rumored and, you know, gossiped about. So we're going to get right into it. We're going to start with Justin Braun, right defenseman of the – of the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, what do you guys think? Fact or fiction? We'll start with Dom. Fiction. Fiction. All right. And you can give a small, uh, we're only looking for like small explanations. If you have one at all, if not, that's fine. You can pass it right along to Mark. Mark. Yeah. Fiction. <laughs> I love that. Mark. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to go fiction on that too. I don't see them being in on them. Um, I did have Tomas Hurdle here, but I think we can go fiction on around the board on that one, like we're going to anyway. That's going to explode. <laughs> yeah, so we'll move on to uh, Jacob Middleton, left defenseman. Linked to? All right. Oh, hold on. What was the question again? I want to choose this properly. Fact or fiction on whether or not this is a player that the Boston Bruins would would actually be in on, oh, like, or okay. are, are actually in on. Fact. I agree. Absolute fact. It's a Sweeney deal. I, I do too. I'm going to, you know, not to, you know, jump on board with everybody just doing this, but I, I, I kind of see Middleton being a, 
a decent player. And I know people are giving him a hard time for playing only 55 games and in his NHL career and blah, blah, blah. But it, I think his cap hit is very friendly enough that's attractive to a team like the Boston Bruins oh, yeah. and what he can provide, uh, the grit, the style, and whatever. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say fact, too. Yep, league well, men. Form, former OHLer, Owen Sound Attack. I believe Look at he was this. there in your cup here. I freaking love this guy. There he is. Uh, so next on the list, we have uh, center Claude Giroux. Fact. I agree. Although Fact. they might not win it. Right, yeah, but they're definitely in on what, him. Based on what Florida did today. Yeah, I'm going to say fact as well. Um, a player like him and his position and his versatility, the way he can play the right side too, makes him a very attractive <laughs> player for the Boston Bruins. So, yeah, I'm, I'm totally involved in that as well. All right, moving right along, we have Mark Giordano, left defenseman. Fiction. By the way, he's not playing tonight. I know, I saw. He's on his way out somewhere. I wonder if that's Florida as well, to be honest. Calgary. I think so. All right. Oh, yeah, reuniting. I'm going to say fact, because I listened to the Morning Brew, faithful listener of that, as as we all are. And I I think Jaffe has a – has a um, he had a lot of good things to say about a player like him. He adds a lot, and but I don't know about the term too. So that's that's another story. So I'll I'll, I'll say fact. Well, he's thirty eight years old and a pending UFA. Right. So I I think he's done at the end of this season. He's a pure rental. That's it. Which is yep. why I think he's going to Calgary. Okay. And many many other people think he's going. I, as soon as Seattle drafted him, everybody said he's going to finish the year out in Calgary. I like his workout regimen, though. He's he's still a tank. He can still produce yeah. at a high level, yeah. but how much further can you go? Like Char, Char could probably still work out like a beast, but uh, <laughs> do we want to bring him back? Probably not. No. no. Which okay. brings me to our next guy, Sedano Chara, <laughs> left defenseman. Emily uh, Kaplan. I love I'm gonna animals. say I'm gonna say fact just because I mean I do believe they'd be in on him and that's what this is about. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say fiction. Yeah, I'm gonna just, say fiction too. Just for the fact is that the way that Zidane Chara left this organization with Don Tweeney saying we want to keep you, but it's gonna be at a lesser role, lesser minutes, and probably gonna be that sixth or seventh guy, rotational guy, and he didn't want to accept that he wanted to explore his options elsewhere because he thought that he could still play at a high a competitive level and i don't see them making a deal with uh lupo lou lamarillo uh to get him back to just to ask him to do the same thing i don't think it's reasonable no right no i i get that trust me i don't think it's reasonable either and i'd be really annoyed if i saw it so no he will be back in the organization in a different capacity right yeah, but I think he could out. be a scout, to be honest, or something along those or lines. Development yep, or development yeah. around there. Yep. But moving right along, John Klingberg, right defenseman. Fiction. Fiction for me too. I don't. I don't even see him moving. I don't. I don't even know yeah. if they move him. No, yeah. I mean, you look at the situation. The situation Dallas is in now. They're just on the outside looking in with four games in hand, or something. Yep. Uh, 
even Vancouver, you talk about, uh, you're going to ask me about JT Miller anyway. So <laughs> I love your segues, Tom. I love him because he's right there next on the list. JT it, Miller center. Take it away, Mark. I'm going to say fiction as well. Big I just, fiction. I don't, I don't see Big that. Fiction. I mean, a couple of months ago, yeah, I was kind of high on it. Like, hey, I mean, he, he can be that defenseman but, that we need, but he's the right shot. We really do need to, like, kind of get left shooting defensemen and so on. But, yeah. Especially for the money he's going to command. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, mean, he's going nowhere. I mean, his deal right now is not bad. The next deal he gets is probably not going to be yeah. uh, worth any, uh, you know, anything. Right. All right. So staying in Vancouver, we got Connor, Connor Garland, right wing. I thought you were soon doing JT Miller next. I, we just did JT Miller. We I just did Klingberg. Yeah. I just said JT Miller, center, Vancouver. Did you guys not hear that? All right. JT no. Miller, center, Vancouver. Fiction. Fiction. For the Fiction. same reason. Dallas isn't moving Klingberg. Look at the standings. Everybody talks about Vancouver needs to move salary cap. They don't need to do it now for next year. They can do it in the offseason. There's nothing in the collective bargaining agreement that says they have to do it before before the end of the, this regular season. They've got the whole offseason to work through the cap. And by the way, the listeners will hear me say JT Miller center. Don't worry, Dom. You'll hear it. You'll hear it too. If you listen okay. to it back, uh, but staying in Vancouver, we're going ahead with the same thing that I said last time, but uh, Connor Garland, right wing. I'll go because I didn't get to get my JT Miller in, but I'm going to say fiction on JT Miller because I think he's, oh. I think it's okay. It's all right. This is new. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think JT Miller is going to stay in Vancouver because he's, I think he just adds that, element that you know those guys need the jim rutherford and so on that they need but i do see a guy like um connor garland moving but i'm not sure it's boston so uh, i'm on the fence fiction yeah for the same reason as jt miller the, the canucks are what 22 and 9 since um boudreau came Bruce, on. boudreau took over they're they're taking a serious run here, and they're not that far out. Um, I don't have the standings in front of me, but it's only a couple of points, right. and you can make that up in fifteen games. Yeah, I'm going. Um, I'm going to go against the grain here. I'm going to go fact. I think that the Bruins will at least be calling on him and be in on him because he is a situate boy. So <laughs> there's that, um, and. Again, staying in Vancouver, seeing how so many of their players seem to be uh, connected to the Boston Bruins, but we have Brock Besser, right winger. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I'm on that too. I'm Fiction, yep. on that Fiction for me as well. I mean, I, he's a power play guy. I mean, I know we said that, um, you know, the Bruins power play could use a, a little bit of a jump to it, but I mean, his five on five play, he doesn't really produce much there. And no. he he would be in line with Curtis Lazar when it comes to uh, five on five points. So let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah. And what's he going to get? Second power play duty in Boston? Exactly. So moving right along, we'll uh, go over to the quack, quack, quack Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> We've got um, Ricard Raquel. Fact. Fact. Yeah. Sure. He- Although he's only willing to talk extension with Anaheim yep. right now. Big fact. Big fact there. Same here. Uh, 
for obvious reasons. And then uh, staying in the uh, in Anaheim, we got Hampus Lindholm. Fact. Big facts. And while while he is discussing extension with the Ducks, he's willing to talk extension with anybody who deals for him. Yeah, and from things that I've heard today, um, I'm big fact. Yep, same here. Big fact. Um, and we have one more here. One more. Uh, Chitrin, Chitrin, I didn't have on here, but I'll actually add him real quick. So two more. We'll we'll go uh, Jacob Chitrin, lefty. Fact or fiction? Are the Boston right. Bruins in? Fact. fact. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd, fact. I'd say fact. Will, will they get him? Dom better hope not, because I'll be sending him my address. Oh, I I'd love to be able to send you that jersey if they get him. I would I would I would even drive it to you. I'd be I wouldn't even guy. feel I oh, Dom. I wouldn't even feel right taking it from you. I'm not taking that jersey if they no, get no, you. No, no, no. That you're, is a, that is a possession that needs to stay with you, and it needs to go to your grandson. I can get when, another one, buddy. Don't no, no, worry. that one's special. Uh, okay, well. And and I'm doing well, that. I'm saying that even though you called me bubbles on a live podcast. So I don't remember that. <laughs> I, you you asked, are they going to get him? Well, I'm not asking if it, they're going to get him. Just it, it's just fact or fiction. Are the Bruins in on him? But well, if yeah, you want to give your opinion, did, you did say, are they going to get him? And I think, sure. I think they have as good a chance as as anybody. Um, for Arizona's sake, dollar-wise, it's going to include uh, Jake DeBrusque because they need the contract and the money next year. But what do you do to fill Jake's spot? And then I go back to Raquel. Yep, absolutely. Okay? I would rather – ah, uh, man, you're – I don't know. Would I rather him work out something with – Anaheim for both Raquel and Lindholm. That's in the works as well. Yeah. You've heard the same things I've heard. Actually, you've heard other names too, but I haven't. But I don't know. I'd be tempted to go that route as opposed to spending the extra assets it would take to get Chikrin. Because I think Chikrin would be more expensive to get than Lindholm and Raquel. I agree. I 100% agree, and it's because they're both UFAs. Right. So the cost there, I mean, you probably still, I think you still probably have to include a first-round pick there. Yeah. Um, that's definite. But as far as, I mean, because with a Chikrin deal, I would not be surprised to see both a Jake DeBrusque and a Matt Grislick in there, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised. Interesting. What about you, Don? Mark? No. Oh, uh, he called. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a little screwed up there. Um, I'm going to say fact, yes, because, you know, th- there's a lot of words going on about Chickering and where he's going to go. But I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think that Arizona finds the Bruins attractive enough to, with prospects and so on. And and I think that I honestly think that if, if Chickering is definitely, you know, somebody that's of interest then Arizona is probably going to want a uh, Jeremy Swayman. No, no. I think they like their goaltender prospect there, don't they? Yeah, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna take Chikrin Yeah, I know I've been big on saying um, he's going to cost two firsts, one for being the player he is, and two for the contract he is. 
But I think you could do a deal that involves your first round pick. Okay. You could actually give Arizona their choice of 2022 or 2023 because they have already got three for 2022. They might go for that 2023 as well. They might just do it. Yeah. Because then you've got two first round picks the following year that you could package to move up. Right. Yep. And and get into that, get into that lottery range. Um, So I think you could offer the first, give Arizona the choice of which year Mason Lorai, Jake DeBrusque, and it's probably going to cost you probably two more B-level prospects. Now I'm talking a Jack Stadnika or somebody like that. I mean, who knows? They might. Arizona likes their CHL players too. They may hmm. like Brett Harrison. Right. But, now the deal that I put out there earlier on Facebook. I mean, sorry, Facebook. Why would I do anything on there? Twitter. <laughs> Um, was a first-round pick, you know, whether that's for this year or next year. I didn't specify. Um, Jake DeBrusque, Mason Lorai, and instead of the two draft picks, uh, the two um, players like you had mentioned, I had mentioned a second-rounder. Um, I'll be right back, boys. No problem. I, no, I, I had mentioned like six second-rounders. And that could be for next year as well. I mean, I wouldn't want it. I'd rather it. I'd rather it be offset. I'd rather it be one pick from this upcoming draft and one from the next. So you're not kind of strapped at that point. Right. I'm just looking it up here real quick. So I'm sure they've got three and six, but I could be way off here. Arizona Coyotes. They got three first round picks. Five second round picks for this year. Jesus. Next year they've got one first round, one second round. Yeah, they're loaded for this. This is why you could give them their choice. And if I'm the Bruins, I would prefer that they took well. Twenty twenty three is an excellent draft too. So right, you're. But <laughs> if they're taking twenty twenty three. And you're adding a Chikrin and you're replacing, and this is assuming Bergeron comes back. Right. Chances are you're going to be further up in the standings. Another year of Jeremy Swayman. Yep. You're going to be further up in the standings than you are this year. So it's going to be a lower draft pick. Yeah. So they might prefer the 2022. Right. Arizona would, but Boston might prefer they take the 2023. Oh, absolutely. I'd prefer them take 2024, to be honest, but (laughs) I mean, that's not going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. No. (laughs) I mean, they got Callahan with a 2024 draft pick. Right. So who knows? Now, now here's my question. Let's say Boston had a deal on the table that was similar to what we're talking about now. And let's say that it was still about to be get beaten out by a team like um, you know, LA, since they have the other team rumored to be in there. Would you sweeten the pot with something else? And if so, what would that be? Yes, I would sweeten the pot. What it would be, I would add an extra draft pick, be it a third rounder. 
what have you. Um, so let's go with the, let's go with what you had said originally with the first round pick in whichever year they wanted, um, DeBrusque, um, Lori, and the two B, the two I think it was B level prospects, yeah. BB plus or in that in yeah. that area. All right, let's say those two prospects on at that point. Would you add a second rounder on if it was one hundred percent going to land you, Chikrin? I uh, I'm doing it. I'm in. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm in. I'm in. Just because, just because for me, it's just because you have that term and you can work with them. You know. Yeah. And as much as people, like Dom said earlier, want to talk about how this guy ain't shit and this and that, he's, you know, um, overblown, whatever, that is so far from the truth. This guy is so legit. And next to McAvoy, oh, my God. It, like, you, it, you're you talking about the most elite pairing in the entire league. It would be. It would Easy. be. It would be. I was going to say, like, watch. For me, I'm giving my away, away my age. For me to watch those two jump over the boards, whether in an offensive role, role or defensive role together, would would bring me back to the 10 games I got to see Bob Yor and Brack Park together out in the blue line. That's how excited I would be. That's not to say McAvoy and Chikrin are or in part. Because they're not, but that's how that's how high my excitement level would be. Nice, uh, yeah. That's that's some uh, some good company there. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's funny going back to a couple of pod episodes ago. I mean, all of us were kind of like, "There's zero chance that a guy like Chickering comes here." And now, where we sit today, there is a chance, and that's uh, pretty incredible if uh, Sweeney were able to pull it off without giving up the farm. And when I say the farm, I mean like LaSalle. So, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I saw a funny argument about uh, Lysel and him not being an untouchable and uh, one guy basically going up against hundreds. And he threw out these stats about Lysel's last year in the CHL, which is this year, it's his only season, compared to Stadnika's last mm-hmm. year and, and how much better Stadnika was. So you know me, when somebody gets that downright stupid, can I just say stupid? Absolutely, yeah. call him an idiot, I love it. When they get that downright stupid, it's like, so I had to reply to him. And I went over to Elite Prospects, did a comparable on the two players. I said, listen, man, you're going to compare a 20-year-old in his last year to an 18-year-old in his first year who has come here from overseas, doesn't know the doesn't know the lifestyle, doesn't has never played on the small ice surface regularly, blah, 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 blah. Compare their 18-year-old season versus 18-year-old season, not an 18 to a 20-year-old what they did in the OHL and bam, here's the numbers. Lysel outdid Stednika. So don't give me this crap about, well, if you can trade Stednika, you can trade Lysel. And I'm, I want to pound the table because it's just, just a stupid, stupid argument. Yeah. That's more annoying than you calling me bubbles. Jesus. <laughs> that's a wild one. 
Well, with all that said, we have one more name on the list, and that is Phil Kessel, right wing fiction. <laughs> fiction. Oh, uh, hold on. I got to get my hot dogs out of the microwave. <laughs> microwave? What the hell? Isn't that how we cook hot dogs? No. What the? No. Oh. No, it could, be, it could be negative 15 outside, and I'm putting that thing on a grill. Like, oh, I thought he had a microwave behind the bench and did it cooked him that way. Jeez. You got a conventional oven at least. I mean not me, Phil Castle. Yeah, I'm saying him at least has he at least has a conventional oven or something. On the bench? Yeah, they plug it right in. They got a oh. they 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 run an extension cord from the from the locker room. Jesus. You know what? I just don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, I don't either. Especially with just having a child. I don't even see him moving. Yeah. I don't even know if he's going to move. We'll see. Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, it's all right. I was just going to say, we'll see um, if Arizona, you know, can see the human side of things and not trade Kessel right now when he just had a child. Uh, the last one before we wrap this uh, beauty up going into the deadline weekend, how are we feeling about the team moving forward? Great. I'm feeling really good about this team right now. Uh, where we stood even last week, I was talking about how I think this team needs this, 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 in order to be able to contend with teams like Carolina and Tampa and so on. I still believe they need those three pieces, but if they get those, if Sweeney takes care of the things that need to be taken care of, I absolutely think this team has a shot at making it to a cup final. I really, really do. I The the secondary scoring is falling into place. That third line really is the thing that has changed this all because uh, before they were so top-heavy, and now they're really getting balanced offense going. And if you fix that defense going into the playoffs, they are going – and if Swayman is able to – just be lights out and all Mark is also able to, you know, maybe get some starts if needed and be very serviceable. I think you have a really good team here that could win a cup. I really do. I'm just going to repeat everything I've said the last couple of weeks. I'm not worried about any team except Carolina and Tampa. I'm not worried about Florida. Bruins can hang with them. I'm certainly not worried about Toronto with their goaltending situation and everything. You know what? The last the last goaltender that was acquired at trade deadline that brought a team on a significant run was 2005 or 2006, Dwayne Rollison. Oh, different wow. leagues ago. Wow. That's the last goalie acquired on trade deadline to bring a team on a run. So former UMass Lowell. Yeah. So th- there you go. I, I'm not worried about Toronto. I'm not worried about Pittsburgh. I'm not worried about the Caps, certainly. And th- the Bruins have played Florida well. They've even played Tampa well. Yep. But the thing that scares me about Tampa is they always do something at trade deadline. And the Bruins have to match and exceed that, what, what Tampa does. I think they will. I, I think they will, too. But... I, Mark and I were talking earlier. I think it's done this weekend. They play Friday. It'll happen Saturday or Sunday. They're not going to wait till last hour. Monday, they'll make a depth move. 
Yeah, they always do. Well, yeah. except for last year, they did everything that night on Sunday. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think you'll see a small, and I think that smaller move that you're going to see on on Monday is going to be a right d- defenseman for your bottom pairing or something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, but no, from what I'm hearing, I, I, I'm not going to put this news out here because it's not my news to put out there. But for what I'm from what I'm hearing, they they can't sit and wait on a certain player. They need to go after the player that they kind of have almost done. And that's all I'm going to say. Um, for me about this uh, this team moving forward, I like the way this team has been playing since uh, the turn of the, the calendar year. Um, really bought into each other, really you know supporting one another. Um, does it move the needle for a long playoff run? I'm not totally sure. I'd like to see some additions come in and kind of solidify the defense. Um, you know, I think our goaltending is fine. We don't need to touch that. Defense needs to be touched up. Maybe an offensive um, um, addition. Who knows? But, uh, you know, anything could happen. I mean, you know, teams uh, that you – know, look at St. Louis. I mean, they, they were a, a dumpster fire until the turn of their calendar year and turned it around to win the Stanley Cup. So who knows? So why can't Boston beat them, right? Exactly. Exactly what I'm thinking. It's like, yeah. I'm, you know, and, I'm, yeah, if, you, if you look at the scenarios, it was a young goaltender – in Jordan Biddington, yep. aka yep. Uh, Jeremy Swayman, but hopefully st- stays better than Bennington yep. became. Exactly. Right. So I mean, the, the similarities between the two are just unbelievable. And the and the Bruins have picked up the physicality; they're starting yep. to get hits throughout the lineup. Yep. Yeah. Um, and one more thing I want to say too, just to kind of cap this off, is. I would really, really, really love to see the lineup the Bruins have right now go up against Carolina. I would love to see it. Not saying they'd win, but they definitely don't get blown out. And they make Carolina look a lot more human. Don't they have one more game with Carolina? No, they're done. I believe they're done. Oh. I thought they had one more game. I'll check for you right now while, you know, whoever is doing whatever, but I believe they're done. All right. Why don't we do this? Um, well, let's go right to our Patreon campaign and talk about that. If you donate one dollar per episode, half of that one dollar goes to um, uh, you know keeping the lights on here at the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company, and um, the other half goes to great prizes, hand signed pucks and jerseys that I don't have readily available. I'm sorry, but if you've seen this YouTube video and heard me on the podcast before. Um, we have a Terry O'Reilly. We have a uh, Jerry Chivas. We have a Don Marquardt. I have ordered a, um, a Sean Thornton, uh, Mike Milbury hand signed jersey for the next couple of months. So we're all set there. Um, but yeah, we certainly appreciate it. This week's winner is David Winners. What a what a name for a winner! Love it. Yeah, love it. Yeah. So congratulations, David, and thank you very much for your contribution. We have uh, about 60 uh, Patreons that help us out, so we cannot thank you enough. And by thanking you, that's what we do is we try to give uh, give back to those uh, uh, financial con- um, supporters. So, um, yeah, so that's basically it. Follow the information right there. Please donate. We'd certainly appreciate it. Go ahead, Kevin. What do you got? Uh, Carolina does not play the Boston Bruins again unless they meet in the playoffs. Oh, all right. All right. Well, with that being said, this is episode 271. 
Uh, we want to thank everybody for the for the um, tremendous downloads. We're we're starting to rise up the uh, the ranks again. I really appreciate the uh, the panel here because um, uh, this uh, this um, this freight train can't run without the support of Kevin and Dom. So I truly appreciate you both for your time and effort, and also everybody that listens, that chimes in and interacts on Twitter and and our socials and retweets and everything it's just it's just tremendous if you can't donate financially a simple retweet for one second out of your life is is that much more appreciated um so with that being said that's it but before we do our traditional piece out i gotta ask kevin something what's up when you were a kid did you blow bubbles <laughs> you know what i did you I'll did give you that. i'll give you that i did yeah i blew some bubbles he's back in situation he wants your number wow <laughs> Wow! I thought, and I thought, I thought Dom's joke last week was bad, but yikes! Yeah, I have, I have to say something. I'm glad this episode is 271 because 271 has always been my favorite number. I was actually born at 271 Duro Street in Stratford, Ontario, Canada. Oh, that's funny. So that's my, my favorite number. Congratulations to David Winners on winning. Uh, better name than Bubbles, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who the hell's named Bubbles. Some apparently some guy from Situate. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know, thought that was good. I mean, I got a crack. It, it was it, it was fantastic, but you know, I'm just bummed out that Dom doesn't look like Tony Soprano over here today. So <laughs> just be careful, he might whack you. Uh, <laughs> All right, with that being said, thank you very much, everybody. Have a great week. Uh, let's go Bruins tonight. They play Minnesota. They got Friday night. They play the Winnipeg Jets. And Monday night, they play Montreal all on the road. We will talk to you guys next uh, Wednesday for the official Wednesday recording of this. But we're also doing a live stream on Sunday, the day before uh, the uh, trade deadline. So we'll get together. We'll get you questions. We'll, you know, we'll have a little nice little talk leading ourselves into the Monday afternoon festivities. So with that being said, Mark Allred, that's uh, Kevin O'Keefe, and that's Mr. Dom Tiana. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace out! Peace out! <laughs> Peace out! Oh, I love it. Thanks again for tuning in and supporting this week's episode of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please give the show a five-star rating and write a review on listening platforms such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. If you'd like to contact the show for advertising opportunities or to send us a question or topic idea we should be discussing, please send us an email to blackandgoldproductionsllc at gmail.com. Don't forget to share our program on your social media platforms with other hockey fans and follow our Twitter accounts at Black and Gold Pod, at BNG Productions, at Black and Gold 277, and at Kevin underscore O'Keefe 89. Also, please don't forget to check out our official blackandgoldhockey.com website where we cover the Bruins organization from the NHL level down to the prospects worldwide. Peace out.